reading from the Gospel of Luke, beginning at um, verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Yeah, please be seated. Uh, amen. Hey, thank you guys. I can take that. Yeah, let's, let's thank them again. Yeah. yeah. Love the Harp family. Even, um, yeah, just great friends. If, if you haven't gotten to know them, I encourage you to. It's very fun. Um, and if you're blessed enough to get on it, text relationship with Ryan. It's even better. Send some good things. Um, so now, is, is, uh, as we just read, right, we're in, we're in Luke chapter 2. So go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 2. And if you don't have a copy of God's Word with you, would you um, hold your hand up high and keep it up, and somebody will get you one. Y en español, si quiere la Biblia y no tiene, por favor, levante su mano y diga español. Y si no... Tiene ningún Biblia, eso es un regalo a usted. Y esta mañana estamos en el libro de Lucas, um, versículo uh, 8. So, um, so again, we're, we're in Luke 2, beginning in verse 8. And, and if you don't own a Bible, please keep this, okay? This is our gift to you. And um, uh, before I, I pray and we get into it, I just want to also recognize kind of the significance of this time every year for us as um, as a as a, a church, okay. This is some churches are like Christmas churches, if you will, just based on kind of demographic and you know things like that. Um, I don't know that that'll ever be us, you know. Like we're still kind of an age demographic and just kind of a general flow for the most part, where a lot of people, even like adults, you know, like go home to uh, somewhere else, you know, for. Christmas, go be with parents, although we got some different families now that are bringing the families here, which is fun. But um, with that, this is always a really special time for us. You know, as we've grown kind of from a church plan and keep on growing, this is each year a time where it tends to be, um, you know, those who are here who are local to really come together. So even during our Christmas Eve service tomorrow, I'd encourage you to kind of come up and kind of move in and just for us to really embrace this kind of more intimate time as a church family together. And so in this last um, of the, the Advent series, before we, we get into Christmas Eve tomorrow, where we'll be looking at a present hope, um, today we're looking at a glorious hope, right? And the theme it has been hope that we've walked through, and we've seen how God is instilling a hope and shaping his people with a hope that can inform and, and, and build our lives upon. And we looked at from the very beginning, we looked at an anticipated hope, um, anticipated. You don't normally separate that word, but, you know, i, I got to stutter, right? I told you so. Um, shame on you. No, um, so anticipated hope, promised hope, um, and then a, uh, an unlikely hope. And then today we're looking at a glorious hope 
So with that, let's, let's pray together as we get into Luke chapter 2 together. Lord, thank you for, for your word. Or thank you for, again, this season. Thank you for routine. Some of us are not very routine-oriented and um, wake up at a different time every morning and drive a different route on the way to and from work every day and just aren't routine. And yet you are a God of consistency and of routine. And you, you rested on the seventh day and you called us to rest each week, um, Lord, and to, and to be restored and to remember that you are God and we are not. And, and so um, as we go through this season, as it comes year in and year out, again, no matter how we engage with this time of year, whether it's easy and fun and we start celebrating in October or, um, or, it's, or it's really difficult, or again, for probably most of us, it's some combination of the two, um, you are good. And Lord, we pray that we don't have to just fake that we believe that. Lord, we pray that through your word, you will um, ignite our hearts to, to, to see clearly who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, we were talking in our um, RC, that's what we call like small groups here, redemption community. Communities. We were talking a couple of weeks ago in ours, um, if you can remember something as a kid maybe or some time of year that you really anticipated getting something and you wanted it so badly it almost hurt and, and um, whether you got it or didn't get it, right, that you still remember the significance of that. And for me, it's a really, really glorious um, thing. It was a hungry hippo. And um, it, if you don't remember what a hungry what hungry hippo was, um, I don't think they still are around, as far as I know. Probably go to like Generation Cool on Fourth Avenue and probably buy one for like three hundred dollars. That um, right. A relic, a shout out to the past. But anyway, Hungry Hippos was this, you know, little plastic thing with colorful hippos, four different ones, and then all these like marbles would come out in the middle, and you would just hit this thing, and they would kind of, kind of fight over it. I guess right, a good thing to teach kids, right? Like you got to get your own. Just don't care about your neighbor. Forget what Ryan just said up here. Um, well, no, I wanted one so badly. Like my older brother, two and a half years older than me, would, would like torment me oh, throughout the year. He'd come in and wake me up on a Saturday mo- morning, not because I was going to miss cartoons or whatever, but because he wanted to kind of tell me that mom finally did it. She sprung for this gift that would change my life. And I'd come running out into the living room and he'd laugh, you know, just kidding. Thank you. I need, <laughs> I need your sympathy. Um, but eventually I did get the hungry hippo. And um, yeah, it was great, right? Jehovah Jireh, God provides. Um, but we're, we're laughing because we see from our place, right, right now, like we look back and you could probably see like, that's kind of a silly thing to base the hope of your life on, right? Eventually, probably within a couple months, Hungry Hippo broke, right? Like little plastic things made in the 80s didn't usually last very long. And, 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 and we talk about that and it's funny, but like we're just older and, 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 and different, but it comes from the same place. Like we expect, we sometimes build our, 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 our hope and our life around something else that's going to satisfy, something else that's going to meet our needs, that's going to fulfill us, right? It could be um, some object, it could be an experience, it could be a relationship that we long for, whether it's one we had and hope is restored or we long for, we've never experienced, and we just hope, man, if only I could have this, 
or that. It would all be good. I would be, my hope would be fulfilled. And, and, and inevitably, right, like, again, the year comes around and it gets a little less shiny. And, and we, the human race, are all so used to, 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 to grasping for inglorious hope. And yet what God does in this Christmas season, in this story we're going to be looking at specifically together, is that he kind of peels back the heavens and, re- and reveals a glorious hope upon which all other hopes can be built. Right? Those other right, hungry hippos, not bad. All right, whatever you want or your kids want this year, whatever kind of relationship, food, um, t- you know, sentiment or experience you hope to get, those things aren't bad. But, but when that becomes, when that replaces um, God's provision and his character, um, for, and, and, and then we now center everything on that, it's, it always leaves us wanting and unsatisfied. And because we settle, again, for lesser loves, for inglorious hopes. And in this story, what we see is God revealing his glory in such a way that it changes everything and everyone who experiences it. So with that, let's go ahead and pick up in chapter 2 of verse 8 of Luke, where we see this incredible picture of God revealing his glory. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. All right, so we just read that right in our scripture reading and perhaps in your home some of you have already read this and you've heard it and we talked about it we sing songs about it right and it's really easy to just kind of go through and and, and kind of hear this stuff like oh you know the shepherds oh I've got them on my little nativity scene or whatever and I I know these things but a couple things that, that that we need to press into is just how unique it is that God would put this as part of his story all right, that this would be in the, in, the, in the scriptures, right? We get used to it, but it's, it's crazy. All right, so just a reminder for what's gone on before this, right, is, um, is before this in Luke 2, J- Joseph and Mary, right, they go to, um, they have to go back to the city of David, to Bethlehem. The, the king put out a census, wanted to kind of boast and know everything that was under his control and his domain, and so everyone was called to go together and give a census, right, because the king wanted to kind of know um, just how significant and important he was and how many people he ruled over, and so they had to travel from their home up north to Jerusalem area, the city of David, or Bethlehem, because um, that's where um, Joseph was from. And they, so they had to return there to give this census, right? And you all know the story, right? Knock, knock, knock. There's no room at the inn. And then um, it goes on to tell some other stuff. And before we get back to that scene, that manger scene, we stop through this scene with a bunch of shepherds. In their day, all right, shepherds are not like 
cool, you know, people that are just hanging out and love to snuggle with little cuddly animals and um, and they're just kind of fun to have, you know, around the story. So God included them, right? Like, who doesn't want shepherds? Shepherds would be like some of the least likely people you would want to include in the, in the kind of chorus around uh, your son, all right, being born. And this, like, beautiful, right? If you wanted your family picture, like, you might have that uncle or cousin or whatever. You're like, man, they always kind of mess up the family picture. Like, that would be the shepherds, all right? They were, they were dirty they were crass. Normally, they were typically smelly. Um, people wouldn't, in fact, people interacting with them would usually become ceremonially unclean. Like you couldn't worship um, God often if, because they had been handling animals and different things about that. And they were usually dirty. So if you, enter, if you like shook their hand and then went to go worship God, it would usually be, um, you would have to get ceremonially clean after Right, so again, like picture you're, you're wanting to reveal your best news, your best story. You're wanting to kind of grandstand about who you are and what you've done, and yet you include some of the most unlikely characters. And that's what God does time and time again, right? We looked last week at Mary, and this week he does that. He reveals his glory, his good news um, to these unlikely candidates, these, these, these shepherds, these inglorious people, right? They're not the business owners. They're not, they're not kind of top dog. They're not, you know, most likely to succeed, right? These are people that, again, you just kind of, kind of walk on the other side of the street from, and yet they, yet, yet God reveals to them what he's doing through this, this angel, right? And the angel comes and says some things to them, and it's incredible. Look, look with me in, um, what, what he says in verse, um, in verse, uh, in, well, in, in verse 9, it says, the glory of the Lord shone around them, right? So earlier I said um, that, that when you wanted to go worship God, you would be unclean, right, if you interacted with these guys. Well, some of the language used here right there where it says the glory of the Lord, that's the same imagery used throughout the entire Old Testament, throughout the temple of God, when people, when God's people came to worship, right, the Shekinah glory, the glory of God, the presence of God would be there, all right? And again, a lot of people felt like, oh, that's not for me. I'm too low of a status. I'm, I'm too unclean. And yet God comes and brings his very presence, his glory that, that, that for thousands of years his people knew was so serious. And yet he, not that they come to him, but he comes to them and reveals his glory. And then picking up in verse 10, this is what the angel says to them. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All right, and I'll get back to that fear not in a minute because that was important. All right, and we might be like, okay, fear not, why? You know, who cares? Well, we'll get, but, but what he says to them, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What he's literally saying is I'm evangelizing you. Hey, don't be afraid. I'm evangelizing you. Oh, okay, cool. Go on, right? How many people, when we hear the word evangelism, it thinks like, oh, great. Like, let's do it, right? If you walked up to someone on the street, you're like, hey, I'm going to evangelize you right now. Right? On walking around on 4th Avenue or, you know, wherever else in the U of A mall or, you know, up at Lincoln, Cotta, right? You're up there shopping and you just go up to some, you know, family like, hey, um, I'm going to evangelize you right now, okay? They're like, yeah, cool. Let's do it, right? No, that's usually not how it goes, Right, and, and we could talk separately about what kind of connotations maybe have we've, we've given to evangelism. 
But when he says, I'm good newsing you, I'm giving you the good news, it's not these, these, these propositional truths that you need to believe or like Ryan, I love, talked about apologetics, right? I'm gonna browbeat you right now and I'm gonna wreck you intellectually and just beat you down and make you say uncle and you finally trust in Jesus, right? No, he, he says, um, listen, I've got news for you that's, that's going to change your life and is the news that's shaping the entire world. And it's not just up there, out there, right? What is that from Fievel? I feel like I just sang a Fievel song. The, um, great, somewhere out there, right? That's how we talk about God, like somewhere out there, right? If, you're, if you don't know the American tale, right, you need to go look that up, okay? If you're too young, listen, respect your elders and go look that up. It's a good story. Right, but we think of God out there and we talk about him and even in this in this season again we have to fake it. Right? We have to look at a manger and be like or sing a song like this good news and and that he sets people free and we feel enslaved. And again, we feel like the only option is just fake it, you know, muster it up. No, this angel evangelizes these shepherds and says, I have good news for you that is real is palpable, is, is tangible, that, that impacts your real life. Okay, let me, let me tell you this. And, it, and it's not just for you, but it's for the entire world. It's the true story of the whole world. All right, all these other stories, the consumeristic story, the, the perfect family story, the, the, the whatever other kind of story that we wanna, wanna enter into and think is gonna shape us. And no, he says, no, listen, all those other stories are counterfeits. This is the real story. Let me tell you about this. And then he, he shares some high theology, just like we talked about last week when the angel revealed what God was doing to Mary, young, vulnerable Mary. He gave high theology to her in a very practical, ap- applicable way. And the same thing with these unlikely, kind of smelly, and for many cases, kind of people experiencing homelessness. All right, God reveals high theology to them. He says this. He says in verse 11, unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. There's tons of importance. The city of David was very important, all right? God's promise to, to, to King David in 2 Samuel chapter 7 would now be coming true, and it happens in the city of David in Bethlehem, right near Jerusalem. Jerusalem, this, this, this is important. God fulfills his promises from over a thousand years earlier. It's in the city of David. And then he says, listen, the Savior is Christ the Lord. Okay, this is, Christ is not Jesus' last name, okay? It's a title, the Christ, the, the Messiah. And no shame if you think that, if you've thought that, because I've definitely, a lot of people think, right, Jesus Christ, that's his last name, right? It isn't a cuss word, and it isn't his last name, all right? It's his title, but not many people were expecting God to blow our minds in the way that he would. That the one who would save Israel, right? In this time, they're under Roman rule, Roman persecution. Their Christmas season, if you will, is not all neat and pretty. They don't have all their ducks in the row. They're in debt, all right? They're struggling. They're um, unemployed. They're relationally unreconciled. Things are not the way it ought to be. And the promise of hope, the promise of salvation 
they thought would come in the form of like a warrior, another person who would come kind of cruising into town and would just make everything right and would, you know, come in with a sword. And they had their own distorted version of how God would make things right. And what is our version today? Again, it could be all sorts of different things, right? If I get this, this good, I'll be set. If I get this job, if I get this relationship, if I get these clothes, if I, if I get this new self-image, if I get this new thing, then I'll be saved, I'll be restored. And what the angel reveals, he says, no, 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 listen, the Savior, the one who will deliver, the one who will make all things right, is fully man, but is the Lord himself. All right? Is Christ the Lord And then he explains the sign, right? He says, listen, this is how you will know. There's a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Okay, so you can run there. You can go see. I'm not just telling you good news that's out there. Again, I keep on referring to him. Next time, Ryan, you're just going to be up here with me. Okay, um, preaching like Ryan shared, all right? It's not just out there good news. It's, as, as, as he said, people experience and know the good news of the gospel. That's what the word gospel means. The good news. The good news of God, that was a mic drop right there. That was timed perfectly. Something fell. Okay, this is next. Um, all right, people know this by, by the love of God's people, right, that you can experience. You don't just have to kind of close your eyes and kind of, you know, um, like flex and kind of grit your teeth and just make yourself believe this stuff. God gives it to us in a way that we can experience Okay, and as Ryan said, it's through the love of God's people in the world today. And right now, he says, you can go and see for yourself. And before they could go, this incredible scene, God kind of ups the ante. God steps up his game even more and pulls back the heavens and reveals his glory even more clearly. All right, pick up in verse 13 here. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. All right, glory to God in the highest. These, these beings, which again we'll get to and I talked about earlier when he says fear not, these glorious beings are not receiving the glory themselves. They're deflecting glory to the one who deserves all worship, all praise, all adoration, all honor. Glory to God who is the highest. Like the first commandment, if you ever heard, you shall have no other gods in my midst. It's as though God is saying, I can share my glory and my throne with no one. There's no equal. There's no No one in my midst. And these angelic beings are recognizing that. And they're saying, and peace on earth. That's shalom. All right, this Hebrew word that is an exchange. If you go to Israel today, people say shalom to one another. Or you meet um, some of our Jewish friends and a rabbi would say shalom to you when you, when you met and then when you, when you left. Shalom, okay, peace. Like let, let the world be as it ought to be. Let there be relational, um, societal, universal um, right and goodness. And not just in some, again, hypothetical, let's hope it happens, right? Some ethereal kind of mist, right? Like, oh, peace. And it's just going to blow away and vent, right? Like no one believes in that. But this kind of peace, a real peace, again, a, a substantial peace that shapes your life. These angels are singing this or declaring this. Glory to God. He's setting things the way they should be. He's bringing peace on earth to all. 
Now, again, just so we don't miss the significance of this, all right, these weren't little cupids, right, that we picture, right? These weren't little chubby babies in diapers with little wings and those little candy hearts that are gross. Some people like them, but I think they're disgusting. All those, you know, the little, I don't even remember what they're called, but the little hearts, right? They're not just like sprinkling these hearts around and these angels, right? Picture like construction workers, right? Like, like these are kind of blue collar, tough folks and they're sitting there and then, oh, these angels came. They're like, oh, look at the cute little babies, right? And they're just Like, that's not what's going on here. When the angel says, fear not, it's because, sorry to be crass, but it's because if you came across an angel, you would mess yourself, all right? Like, they are scary, glorious, incredible beings, all right, there are pictures in the Old Testament, right, where, um, where, 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 where people encountered angels and they stopped in worship because they thought they were meeting God. Okay, these angels are incredible. They're, they're, they're often terrifying. One guy, um, Balaam, um, and this is one guy is on a donkey and is riding, and then the, the donkey won't go any further because it, he sees an angel and the guy doesn't, and it's this whole incredible scene. And this donkey's like, and the guy starts to abuse the donkey, and the donkey's like, hey, I can take your abuse, but that thing is terrifying. I'm not going to try to get past that angel right now. Okay, that's what this would be. And this is. Right, not just one or two, but a whole heavenly host, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. These, like, this is this incredible concert of praise and worship, recognizing God and his glory and what he's doing, the hope of the world. And then just like it came, it kind of closes up. And these shepherds kind of look at one another and they're like, all right, well, let's go see. Let's go see what God has done. And so we pick up now in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, and shepherds, uh, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, right? When you see and encounter God, and you genuinely encounter the gospel, you don't dilly-dally. It's not like, oh, I'll just kind of cruise, and I don't know. Maybe, oh, look, a squirrel. Like, oh, I can't, right? And we're so easily distracted by, again, bright, shiny things because we settle for inglorious hopes. But when you see the hope of God, the glorious hope of God, you can know, do no other than to make haste and go and see that what God has done and his good news and how that shapes and informs our lives. Now, I hope and like to think they brought the sheep with them. I don't know, right? Like, um, but, but they go, they make haste to go and see what the Lord has made known to us. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that the Lord had told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. I just love this picture. Like this is a picture of community. All right, if we were to talk about what do we want our redemption communities to look like? What do we want, what do we want life in, among the body of Christ to look like? It's sharing God's stories with one another. The seemingly grandiose and the seemingly mundane. It's sharing one another's burdens. It's, 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 it's coming as we are and then delighting together in the works of God. 
Not again, not faking it, not slapping on a smile, not showing up if you know if your redemption community does a pollock or whatever. It's not, man, I hope this is the dish that everyone eats and asks for the request before and not the one that's over on the island of misfit toys that everybody kind of walks away from. And, you know, we have, and guys, and I'm just speaking in this stuff because we can, this stuff can just infiltrate church. This can infiltrate God's people, and we can start to form our lives around, again, these kind of, these, 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 these postures. But when we really see the glorious hope of God, it shows up in such a way that we come together. We make known what has been made known to us. We share in where we are, and we ultimately are led to worship together, and that's what's going on. They come together, these shepherds, and I could go off on the Activity scenes, okay, there's a bunch of things. We've been talking about this a lot in our house. I'm not going to do that right now. First of all, ethnically, demographically, they almost never fit, all right, what it really should be. I know ours does in our home. It's an antique, though, and some heirloom handed down, so we always put it up. But this scene is very different, and right, and it's like, first of all, baby Jesus is like, looks like all white and blonde hair, and he's like seven years old, right? It's like, that's not what infants look like. They got cone heads and like, you know, their hair's all matted down. It just doesn't look right. Okay, so let's kind of enter into the reality of what's going on here. And the wise men weren't there, all right? That's not, they went, the wise men went to their home. Okay, this is just education. This is all for free right now. Okay, you see, I got issues. I'm working through every Christmas season. Welcome to my life and my heart. But they share this stuff. They share this good news. They're kind of trading stories. I don't think they're like one-upping one another. They're just sharing, listen, this is what God made known to us. There's no room for arrogance and pride, right? There's nothing to prove and nobody to impress. In every character in the Christmas story, God has made known. No one was so smart, so wealthy, had it together so much that they kind of are the unique ones that found their way. No, they're going in the direction that they're going, and God intervenes, just as he does in every one of our lives here today. God made known to them, and they made known to one another. And then I just love this this last kind of picture we'll look at in verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Then in verse 20, the shepherds basically returned, glorifying God and praising him for all they had heard and seen, right? Reveling and delighting in his glory. And then in verse 21, at the end of eight days, just like they were commanded to do, Joseph circumcised Jesus and and named him on the eighth day. And it was the name that was given, right? They're all kind of, you see the little pieces of the puzzle. But go back there to verse 19, Again, Mary, young Mary, is sitting there holding this vulnerable baby who depends on her to to eat, to be changed, right, to be given a name. And yet somehow, in God's glorious splendor, in this kind of head-scratching kind of way, she's holding her Savior, her Lord, in a, in a random field, like picture Santa Rita Park at like two in the morning, all right? These, these shepherds are sitting around there. No one else wants to be a part of them. They're out kind of in the outskirts. They're with their sheep. And God reveals his glory. And so what would it look like for us individually and communally as a church 
to recognize the, the inglorious hopes we're prone to, to move toward. Shiny new things that are going to change our lives. Right? Or I know we got some people here or whatever, right? Drab, restored things that are going to not be as trendy next year as they are right now. All right? Just recognize the things that we're prone to, to put our hope in. And like the shepherds, like Mary and Joseph, like the angels, direct our worship and the glorious hope of God revealed in Christ the Son. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this time we've had in your word. God, thank you for how you continue to work in our lives and in our hearts. And Lord, as I prayed earlier, I, I just, Lord, for those who are just skipping in here and, and just having such a good time and a good season, and Lord, I pray that no one would, would feel guilty about that, Lord, that, that in fact those people could help lift up the others, and Lord, that we would come as we are as a community of your people together, and yet also that for all of us, we know how fleeting goods and even relationships and experiences can be. And Lord, that we would all now in turn continue to grow in building our, our hope on, on your glory, on your good news, on the person and work, the life, the birth, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, and the promised return of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.